0: Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you've joined us for Bridgewater Church Online. And I am excited about this series that we're in called Come Back, It's Time. Have you been trying to absorb all of the incredible insights as, as I have been doing? We have been talking about some incredible people in the Bible as we have been digging in to the book of Acts. Acts has some of the best stories about the comebacks that God has given to people and and just completely changed their lives. That's why I love this definition of comeback. It means to return to life, to regain a favorable position, or to recover from a deficit. I was reading an unforgettable story about a man you may never have heard of. Have you heard of Morris Goodman? Now, I, I had never even had heard mention of his name until I found a story about a tragedy that happened to Morris in 1981. He was the number one insurance salesman for uh, an incredible company. And he had risen to the top above everyone else, and he not only had fame among his peers, but he had money, and he bought a plane. He was out test flying his new airplane when it stalled and it crashed to the ground. Literally, no one could believe that Morris was alive, but he was barely. When he got to the hospital, all that he could do was lie in bed and blink his eyes. Think about it. His neck was broken in two places. He says, my diaphragm was destroyed and I couldn't breathe. Every part of his body was injured. But Morris Goodman is a fighter. He needed a comeback. He had to regain control of his body one piece at a time. Eventually, Morris was able to actually learn to breathe using his stomach muscles. But his road to recovery was not easy. Get this. It took eight months before he left the hospital. Eight months. And people couldn't believe how he was making small steps one little baby step at a time now Morris will be the first one to tell you that he believed in God but it wasn't like he really trusted God in fact Morris talks about how he let God do the little things and Morris would do the big things but one day Dick Woodward crossed his path Dick had MS but he was a Bible teacher and Dick invited Morris to hear him speak during that moment, Morris asked Jesus to be his savior, and Morris would later say this, I could not have made this comeback recovery without a personal relationship with Christ. And that's why to this day they call Morris the miracle man. Now, now come on, come on. Come with me a minute. Did you think that your life was really tough? Have you been through something difficult? And I bet all of you have. Have you been struggling through physical problems, but maybe not like Morris? Listen, here's great news today. God has a comeback waiting for all of us, every single one of us, if we'll put our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ. But guess what? We can't do it by ourselves. We need help. And that's why I love the message today. We've talked about Jesus and his comeback from death to life. We've talked about Moses through the eyes of Stephen, the first martyr. And we saw how God took a black sheep and made him the shepherd of Israel. But now today, I want to talk about a man you may not really know. His, he's just referred to as the Ethiopian. We're actually going to turn over to Acts chapter 8 and begin in verse 26, but don't think that the, the lack of his name is disrespectful. Throughout the New Testament, we find, even in the Old Testament, there are times that God allows us to hear unforgettable comeback stories, but we don't know someone's name because the focus is on God. Now, we will learn the name of a person that helped the Ethiopian. They refer to him as Philip. And I am excited to talk about three comeback questions that all of us need. In fact, listen to what I'm going to say. I don't know who I'm speaking to that needs this, but this is very specific. If you are struggling and you think that you don't deserve a comeback, you can't have a comeback, or other people don't want you to experience a comeback, I'm right here to tell you, ask and answer these three questions and allow God to begin to work through you because God has An incredible story for all of us. So let's dig in. Let's go to Acts 8, 26 through 29 to get started. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury, of the Kandake, which means queen, Of the ethiopians this man had gone to jerusalem to worship and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of isaiah the prophet the spirit told philip go to that chariot and stay near it here's our first question are we eagerly available for a god orchestrated comeback It's a little lengthy. Let's let's look at it again. Let's say it with me, actually, there in your homes, in your cars. Let's say it. Are we eagerly available for a God-orchestrated comeback? Now, let's, let's understand who Philip is. Before we can understand who the Ethiopian is, we need to realize that Philip is used by God to make an incredible difference in the Ethiopian's life. And this is the reason. Philip, if you were to turn back to to Acts chapter 6, you would discover that Philip was actually uh, tasked to help the early church as a leader to feed thousands of people every day. Can you imagine? Thousands of people coming to church every day, and they needed food, they needed uh, water, they needed help in so many different ways, so they created a group of people that would orchestrate the leadership in the early church because the disciples, or as we call them, the apostles, reserved their time for prayer and for teaching. Now, Philip was truly a man filled with God's Holy Spirit, but there is even something else about Philip. Philip was a dynamic person in sharing the gospel. We would call him an evangelist. And he shared the message of Christ. And there came a time in the early church in Jerusalem when they were dispersed because of problems. Philip went to Samaria and he began to share and had incredible results by the power of God. We're told that Philip was able to help people find healing and he was casting out Demons! Wow, this is an incredible man. And so one day, one day he's standing and the angel of the Lord, a manifestation of God, a messenger, tags uh, Philip and says, this is what he says, go south on the desert road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now get this, without any hesitation, will you just say that at home, without any hesitation, he started out Philip said yes when God said go now as as this story unfolds i have tried to picture this aren't you Philip is running he's running and the chariot is I don't know did God give Philip uh, Holy Spirit energy and adrenaline it, it reminds me of the story of Elijah when Elijah ran in the Old Testament by the power of God he runs up beside the chariot of the Ethiopian. Now, we've got to stop. We have to stop right here. I need to do something before we dig into this question. Do not think of the Ethiopian simply like he's got a name tag on that says, Hi, I'm the Ethiopian. Don't do it. I want to actually unpack who this man was. Now, first, as an Ethiopian, the man's country of origin was located in the horn of Africa. It's tempting, and I did all the research for this, it's tempting to think that the Ethiopia of today was this Ethiopian's home country. They were close in geography, but not the same, and here's why. In the Old Testament, this region was known as Cush. Cush was part of the territory designated by the Egyptian pharaohs as Upper Nubia. It was the southern portion, I know you're really digging this, right? It, It was the southern portion of the second branch of the Nile River. The ancient Greeks called this entire area Ethiopia. That's why he was known as an Ethiopian. But his own people would have known him as a Nubian, and the Hebrews would have known him as a Cushite. Here's what's exciting. This was one of the most progressive cultures in that time. And guess who led them? Black, educated, influential innovative leaders. Did you catch that? This is important. Sadly, the role of black leaders has been diminished too long or just simply overlooked. Since the beginning of the spread of the gospel, here are two truths. One, God's chosen people have always been the Israelites, always. But God always had a comeback plan for Gentiles, like you and me, and like this Ethiopian or Nubian leader. I think that's exciting because too many times throughout history, that story has been written only in a half-truth. We need to understand, now get this in your mind, God sent Philip to a chariot of a black Ethiopian eunuch leader why so that the gospel could spread as god always intended it to every race and every color of human being and not only was the ethiopian significant because of his race and cultural background but don't miss what was written in this small sentence get this he was a prominent man of learning he was trusted in the royal courts of Ethiopia and the man that Philip was specifically tasked to run up to his chariot was called the treasurer of the king of Ethiopia. Now, I know you don't see it exactly like that because it says the queen, right? So let me, let me unpack this. In that day and age in that country in Cush or Nubia, boys who became kings were supposed to be the children of a deity, a foreign god. So the dads were written out of the history. Therefore, the queen mothers all were called, are you ready for this? Candake, queen of the Ethiopians. They were all called the same thing. And mothers were the ones tasked with the administration of the royal courts. Okay, women, You've got to be feeling good about this too. This is an incredible thing that's happening. And this also explains why the man is a eunuch. He's a castrated man because these are the people that were often placed next to the women in the royal court out of protection and, let's just be honest, out of fear. Okay, are you ready for this? This was no ordinary man. The Ethiopian had title, respect, and influence. He was also a Jewish proselyte. He had found God through the Jewish faith, and this is why he was in Jerusalem. He traveled by chariot 1,600 miles from home in order to worship. In Jerusalem but God had a comeback plan it was bigger than the 16 miles bigger than his his physical race or color it was bigger than his influence and the role that he played overseeing the money of a kingdom it was bigger than all of that it was about helping him find a personal relationship with Jesus Christ I love what Henry Blackaby says. Watch to see where God is working and join him in his work. Can I just get transparent? How many of us are really unwilling to get involved in somebody else's story? We ask God all the time for blessings. We asked God to meet our needs, but when was the last time that you and I really answered the question? Here's the first question. Are we eagerly available for a God-orchestrated comeback? Are we willing to run up beside chariots? I guess that would be cars today. Are, are we willing to, to lean in or are we afraid because of the society that we live in, we're going to offend somebody? Listen, we're gonna offend people if we share our faith, but there are a lot of people like the Ethiopian who are waiting to hear about Jesus and they can't do it by themselves. I was in Nashville years ago. I love reflecting on this story It was winter and I had gone to see my parents but I had not done any Christmas shopping and I needed to get out because my dad had had some struggles with his health and so I said, you guys seem to be doing really well. I said, I'm going to go out and do a little bit of shopping and I found myself out by myself because it had started to snow and listen, if you're from Nashville and it starts to snow, you go home. But at that time, I lived in Pennsylvania so that was just an invitation to be outside. But I was hungry after some shopping and late at night, right before they closed, I ended up at a Texas roadhouse. And there was nobody in the, in the place. It was me. I had some great food that night. But my waiter came up and because he didn't have to wait on anybody else, we started to talk and share. And, and, as I, and I just listened to his story. And he was talking to me about how he was living with his girlfriend and he was struggling with knowing what to do next because he was a young man. And then I had the wonderful opportunity to share about Jesus. And I'll never forget what he said. You know, this is kind of a weird conversation. I said, well, you know, I get it. It's weird. He goes, no, 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 no. He He said, you don't understand. He goes, you told me that you're a pastor. And he said, I had just had another pastor in here just just a few days ago, and we got in the same conversation. He said, I think God's trying to tell me something. Two pastors in a week? I said, guess what? God's trying to tell us all something. And I left him a big tip, because it was a wonderful moment for this reason. God wanted me to be a part of a comeback story. God wants you to have a comeback story And then he wants you to be a part of someone's comeback story. But we have to be eager. We have to be willing. We have to be available for this God-orchestrated comeback. Now let's let's go on. We've got a really good foundation for the story. So now what? Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? I think he must be out of breath. Hey, do you understand what you're reading? And Philip asked, how can I? How can I, said the the Ethiopian eunuch. He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? I love this. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Here's our next question. Are we willing ambassadors of a God-ordained comeback? Are you and I willing ambassadors? Now, I need to stop and clarify something. If you have not yet found Jesus as your Savior, and you're seeking God, I want to celebrate you. You are so much like this Ethiopian. You're you're looking, you're trying to understand. And notice that as we look into this story, it's exciting to me that Philip, is available he runs up to the chariot and then the Ethiopian hears this question do you understand what you're reading and the Ethiopian no pride do you see this there's no pride he just says how can I without help please please look at the dynamic of this please hear this if you don't know who Jesus is You need the help of a God-given ambassador. You need someone to come alongside you. And if you're seeking, I want to celebrate you. I'm so proud of you. Don't give up looking for God. He's there. He's got a comeback story for you. But if you're a Philip and you know Jesus as your Savior, don't underestimate how your story can change the comeback story of someone else. I know it's just a little phrase, but I wanna play on it a little bit, can I? The, the Ethiopian says to Philip, he invites him to come up into the chariot. You know why? He invites him into, to come up into the chariot for his comeback story. How can I know without help? The second question. Are we willing ambassadors of a God-ordained comeback? How willing are we to be inconvenienced? Yeah, we've got schedules. We've got calendars. We're so busy. What if God says, hey, I know how you had the day planned out, but that's not how I've got the day planned out for you. I know what you thought you were going to do, but beyond a shadow of a doubt, here's what I need you to do. I need you to be an ambassador for me. That's why I love 2 Corinthians 5. Can we look at this? The apostle Paul said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. Praise God for grace. But listen, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Oh, can I just say it again? We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us, through you. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I, I got up early, early, early one morning because I had been delayed catching a flight from Pittsburgh to my house in Williamsport, in the Williamsport, Pennsylvania area. And I was delayed. I got up so early because I, I, I had plans. I had things to do. I got there and I said, long before all the problems in airports today, I got there and I said, can I get on the first flight? Because I had to, in those days, I had to fly to Baltimore and then drive four hours home. And so the, the woman was really nice. She said, I've got a seat for you, go ahead. And I got on the, the flight to BWI and a wonderful uh, young uh, mother of two boys sat down beside me. And I had a plan, okay, listen. I had a plan, I had a book, I had work to do, and the flight was one hour from, from Pittsburgh to Baltimore. And I thought, I can get a few things done before I have to jump in the car. And as we're getting ready to, to uh, taxi and, and fly out, I was trying to be nice. Can I, can I just be real? I was trying to be nice. But I wanted to read my book. And so I start talking and she goes, what do you do for a living? I thought about saying, you know, uh, I, I uh, am a, an assistant helper to, I don't know. And I said, I'm a pastor. The minute I said it, and I'm not exaggerating, She started to cry, and I thought, man, I've made people cry before, but what's going on? And she poured out her heart about how her and her husband and her boys had been going to church, but her husband just had given up on God, and now the boys were getting old enough to say this, if dad's not going to go to church, I don't need to go to church either. For an hour, we talked, and before we got off the plane of Baltimore, I prayed with her, And she looked at me and she said, Pastor, this is not the conversation that I expected to have this morning. And I said to her, even though you didn't expect to talk about your family, God had it planned from the beginning of time. Oh, listen, listen. I want you to understand, you're God's ambassador. There is someone out there who is waiting on a God-ordained comeback. Ordained from the beginning of time. Ordained before birth. God needs you to be available. And if you're the person like that woman who is saying, I really need someone to walk into my life and help me orchestrate a comeback, then, then don't give up. You don't know where it's gonna happen. Whether it's a chariot or it's an airplane chariot, you don't know, but God does. And this is a story about a comeback and a real transformation. And I love how it ends. Let's look at Acts eight thirty six through 40. So, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized. Philip said, if you believe with all your heart you may. The eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus, and he traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Here's the third question: Are we joyful assistants in God in a God offered comeback? Let me read it again: Are we joyful assistants of a God offered comeback? Now, what do I mean by that? Okay, <laughs> so I, I've got this. I've got a vivid imagination, is it okay? So, I'm picturing Philip riding along, I, I, I don't, and we know, it smiles, it smiles. Riding along, and he has, let, let me backtrack, he has explained Isaiah. Now, I, I, I want you to understand that what he talked about in Isaiah came from Isaiah 53, verses seven through eight. That is known to us today as the suffering servant passage. And remember how we read a moment ago that he had connected all the dots for the Ethiopian. And Philip had shared about not only what Isaiah said, but he connected it all the way to the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because. He had been a part of that story. He knew the disciples firsthand who had seen Jesus come back to life. Now, there comes a moment in the chariot where he's like, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to invite Jesus into your life? Folks, believing in God is not the same as having a personal relationship with Jesus, right? This may seem corny, or maybe a little bit off, but dating girls when I was younger, not now, I date one girl, but dating girls when I was younger wasn't the same as marrying my wife, Kay. Believing in God is not the same as having a personal relationship with God. And and, and I want to be clear, and I want to be fair, If you're reading in your Bibles, or you go later this week, you're going to see that verse 37 is often put as a footnote at the bottom of chapter 8, and here's why. There is a debate among scholars whether that was originally in or whether it was added later because of the manuscripts that they have found. Now, I know that's a little, you know, academic and technical, but I want you to understand why it's at the footnote of your Bible and why we put it on the screen. Because, now listen, whether it was inferred or said, Philip came to a point with the Ethiopian to say, do you believe personally in a relationship with Jesus Christ? And obviously the ethiopian is saying yes here's why there's no debate over this the ethiopian is so excited he says to the to 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 stop the chariot he says, let's stop this chariot he must have had a driver he says let's stop it there is a pool of water and i want to be baptized why baptism doesn't save you Only Jesus Christ can save you. But they went down in the water. What? They immersed, uh, Philip immersed him and baptized him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So here is what is so important. All of us need assistance. Our third question, are we joyful assistants of a God-offered comeback? If we're too busy, we won't be. If we think our lives are all about us, it's never gonna happen. We have to actually stop and be available. And please hear me when I say this, I get why a lot of people today don't want to believe in Jesus Christ because when they look at God followers, they're not joyful. They're too busy. And that's why this is essential. In fact, I put this on the screen so we wouldn't forget it. Jesus doesn't only offer us restoration. Jesus is the only one who can offer us transformation. If we've only received the alleviation of our sins, then we're missing the elevation of our God-given standing as a child of the living God. Most Christians have only experienced relief from God. But God wants all followers of Christ to live a joy-filled life that empowers us to be exceedingly glad. That's what it says. Think about what happened. Philip, after he baptizes him, by the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit, is taken up, disappears into thin air. Why not? Why not? After all of the things that have been happening in this story, That's certainly something that I can imagine and wrap my mind around. He is plopped down 20 miles from where he was. Asitus was 20 miles away. And he continues sharing. What about the Ethiopian? He went away rejoicing. He was exceedingly glad, greatly glad. Are you? Are you watching this and are you exceedingly glad? Are you? Looking for ways to share your spiritual gifts and your faith? Are you a part of someone's comeback story because you never know what can happen? Here's what uh, church history and tradition tells us. The Ethiopian's name may have been Bacchus or Simeon the Black. And because of his power and position, he went home and became a missionary to the Nubians. An entire country was changed. I want you and I to understand that we are called to be God's joyful assistants because the world is waiting for a comeback and it's going to happen one person at a time. So here's how I want to close this morning. I'm going to count to three, okay? On, the, on, on three, I want you to say the name of someone that you know needs a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, if that's you, and you haven't accepted Jesus yet, just say your own name. It'll be great. God's listening. And on the count of three, I want you to say that name, so I'm giving you time to think about it. And then we're going to close by praying... That you would be like Philip. You and I would be like Philip and we would go share with that person through a text, a call, an email, some personal coffee visit. I'm all about the coffee visit. Or, if you accept Jesus, then all you have to do is tell us online. Just put it in the chat that I found my comeback Savior today. Okay, on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Did you say it? Let's do it again. I'll even say my name. One, two, three, Jeff. Did you say your name? I've got got a connection to make this week. You do too. But we can't hold back. We can't mess around. We can't be afraid that we're going to offend someone. Instead, it's not about us. Can you imagine if Philip had said to God, do I really have to run up next to a chariot? I don't know this guy. Can you imagine if Philip said when he got close, well, he's black. No, 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 no. Every person deserves the time that God gives us to give to them. So I want to pray for you that you'll share your story and help someone find a comeback story. And I'm going to pray for those names. God, right now, we come before you and we ask for your help. Father, for all of the Phillips out there, the the storytellers, who have great comeback stories to share, may we reach out and share our stories. And believe that like the Ethiopian, they'll come to know Jesus. And God, I pray for anyone that catches this message online, that if they said their own name, Jesus right now, save them from their sins. And may they realize that you love them and want to forgive them if they have a glad and sincere heart. Father, may this be a week of transformation. And just like the Ethiopian who moved from eunuch to evangelist, may we share our comeback stories and see lives changed. Maybe even entire country or world. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hasn't this been a great story to to lean into? I'm praying for you. I can't wait to see you. And until we meet again, online or in person, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you wanna be a part of our E! family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners, and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast, and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.